0: Praise the Lord, church. Let's just keep that hand clap going tonight. Amen. Let's, let's just offer up a praise for Jesus tonight. I know the kids are going to have a fall party, but we'll have a party up here. We'll have our, an adult party. Um, I didn't know how much my throat would dry out playing the piano right before you preach, but it sure does. Um, anyone that's ever preached behind the pulpit will know what I'm talking about. You can sit there, and your, your throat just gets uh, dry, just thinking about being in front of people and being behind the pulpit, a sacred desk, something that's very important tonight. Yes. I love the Lord tonight. I'm glad to be in his presence. How many are glad just to be in his presence one more time? If anything, I almost want to be in his presence one more time. I want to be where he is tonight. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter, and it's a very original scripture that we're all f- very familiar with. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and we're going to read in verse 10 as well. It says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him Who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light? How many are glad that you're you're special tonight? You're you're just not any anybody normal. You're you're called, you're called tonight. Verse ten goes on and says, "Which is in which in time past were not a people." How many you know you're not the person you once were today? You're not the person that you once were today at this point in time, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy. But now have obtained mercy. How many are glad mercy is in the house tonight? Grace is in the house tonight. Whatever you need is in the house tonight. I know we got some things going on downstairs and the kids are, are doing their thing, but let's do our thing tonight. Let's, let's obtain mercy. Let's obtain grace tonight. Let's entertain God tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to come into your house tonight. Lord, we ask you just to be with us tonight, Lord. We ask you just, Lord, to move like only you can move, Lord. We know there's needs in this place tonight, Lord. We know there's desires in this place tonight, Jesus. We ask you just come down like only you know how to, Jesus. Lord, we know you're the healer. We know you're the way maker. We know you're a provider tonight, Jesus. And touch my lips, Lord. Help me to deliver your word, deliver your message tonight, Lord, in a timely manner tonight. And we just lift you up tonight. We praise you and worship you and magnify you in all things tonight. Let the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. If I could title this message tonight, it would be get in where you fit in. Anybody ever heard that term? Get in where you fit in. I know I've, my mom may not remember this if she's watching or not, but she's going to watch this. Sometimes she watches the lives, but she'll tell me something. She used to tell me when I was young, you be, boy, you better get in where you fit in. You better get in where you fit in. And, you know, how many of you understand that tonight? we got to get in where we fit in. This may not apply to everyone's life, but for the most part, we as human beings tend to want to fit into certain groups. Some of us want to uh, to fit into certain certain areas and certain people and certain social groups, and and we long we long to be a part of something. As a human being, we long to be a part of something, and, and just to be amongst a group of people is is feels good, brother Mike, to know that you're with with like people, like minded faith people, but. And to get off a little base here, I like I like to golf. I I enjoy golfing. Um, that's that's one of the things I like to do here and there. And I know when I go golfing, I want to look like a golfer, even though I may not be very good at it. I like to. Brother Mikey's la- laughing back there. I like to at least look like look the part. You know, someone that doesn't know who I am, I'm walking up to the clubhouse with my clubs. They can tell I don't have that good of clubs either. And uh but I like to act like, you know, I know what I'm doing. Someone wouldn't, doesn't know how you play until they, you know, they're on the golf course with you. But um, And I like to do that because I like to look the part. I may go to a, a phone company like Verizon or, say, Sprint and purchase an iPhone because everyone else has one. Or at the family Thanksgiving dinner, I may get a certain dish just because everyone else says it's good. How many of you ever been there? You know, we, we, we like to talk to our cousins and our aunts and uncles and say, "Well, what would you make? What, did you make your certain dish that's, that's fire, that's good? Because I'm going to get it. And, and I've heard it's good, so I'm going to try it this, this year. I'm going to try it. We like to fit in. We like to, we like to be in the, in the part and be in that group. And then it's funny because I, I started thinking about these things in my life, my own life, and then I came up with this. Then I find out that the food I pick doesn't taste good. I'm spending money on a sport that I'm terrible at, or I'm buying a garbage phone that freezes up on me all the time. You know, we we can hurt ourselves by just trying to be the part, just trying to fit in, just trying to be something we're not, Brother Paul. Can I tell you today, church, that we're not designed to fit into the world, but we're designed to fit into the church. We're designed to fit into God's body. We're designed to fit into the church, you and I today. Not these four walls, anything materialistic, but it's the group of people, it's the body of believers that we need to be fitted into tonight. God has put put his mark on us and has handcrafted us to be a part of a group of people that are called and chosen to help God Almighty save that, that which is lost tonight, not to be that which is lost. Can I say that again? We're here to help. The Lord do His work, perform His perfect will, and in each and every one of our lives, we're not supposed to be the one that's sinning. We're not supposed to be the one that's lost tonight. We're supposed to be the one that has found grace and found mercy and has a light to share tonight. And if you have your Bibles, go to. Uh, we're going to skip. We're going to go through some scriptures tonight, if that's okay. I like proving the Word. I like getting in Scripture and 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 laying it out for everyone to see, plain as day. So there's no confusion. We're going to go to Matthew 16, go to Matthew 16, verse 13 uh, 13 through 19, we're going to talk a little bit about Peter tonight, Matthew 16, verses 13 through 19, shout amen if you're there. This, is, this little segment in my Bible calls it Peter's Confession. Peter's Confession says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some, uh, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremias, or one of the prophets. Verse 15 says, He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? I don't, I don't care what other people say. I want to know what you what you say I am. Who do you say that I am? He's talking to his disciples. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee but my Father which is in heaven. Sometimes we have to get an unction from the Holy Ghost tonight. Sometimes we need to get an unction, something from the Lord. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. I'm really glad that we have power tonight. For this world to change their ways and for the sinner to turn to God, they must first come to a revelation of who he truly is. We have to understand who Jesus Christ is, who's the one that died on the cross, who's the one that shed his blood so that me and you can, uh, can live an eternal life in heaven. We read in Scripture that Peter's original name was Simon Barjona. His original name was Simon Barjon, and I've read this scripture so many times, and and I feel like a fool for saying this to you, but I didn't really understand it until I read it a couple of days ago of what it what the this certain passage was saying. What, what transpired in this in this in this passage? We read scripture that Peter's original name was Simon Barjon, and we read that Jesus asked his disciples, "Who do you say that I am?" Simon Peter says. To Jesus, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. At this point, Simon's name is changed. He has a name change here. Simon Barjona turns into Peter. The scripture also refers to him as Simon Peter. I don't know if anyone's ever looked up the name Peter, but in Greek, the meaning of the, uh, the name Peter means rock. It means rock. It's no mistake that the Lord changed his name and said, moments after that, upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon you, Peter, I'm going to build my church. And I've, I've, I've read that scripture so many times. We've read that scripture so many times. And I'm like, okay, well, the Lord's going to, upon his, his church, it's, it's upon the rock, it's him. He's talking about himself. No, he's talking about Peter. He's saying, you know what, Peter, I'm going to do a work through you. I'm going to work through you. And you're going to be one that's going to play a huge role. Later on in scripture, the apostle, Paul, the apostle Peter was the, was the one who said in Acts 2.38, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He became a rock of faith, Pastor. He became something that was used as a piece that was fitted for a special time and place. Get in where you fit in, church. Get in where you fit in. Let the Lord use you. Let the Lord build on you. Let the Lord build. Let him trust you with the things of his tonight let him trust you with his with his holy ghost and his grace and his mercy tonight. The Lord is choosing some people in this place at this time. His hand picked us all to get get in where we fit in. And yesterday I some of you guys know I work at a, I'm working at a warehouse right now down the down the street. We're doing a tenant improvement job at this warehouse and it's just right down the street in Greenwood. Um and I have time on my lunch to come here and pray. And I did that the other day. And, and the Lord revealed to me, you know, nothing special. Nothing to to scream about, you know. Nothing, no angel came down and ascended on me. Or, but but the Lord, after I got done praying, the Lord spoke to me. And he was just like, you know what, you better get ready for what's about to happen. You better get your family ready for what's about to happen. Yeah. Because there's some going to be some trials to come. There's going to be some things that... That's going to be scary, and you better get in where you fit in. You better get in to the group that matters. You better stop looking at what doesn't matter and get your eyes on what really matters in your life. The Lord is choosing some people in this place for a specific time, and he's handpicked us all to be in this church today and tonight. If you feel like you're here by mistake, you're not here by mistake. Nothing happens mistakenly in God. I, want, I don't know about you, but I want to be changed by him and molded by him. But before we are changed, we have to have a revelation of who he is. Peter had a revelation. Peter, Peter understood, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He knew who he was. He didn't just base his ideas on what other people thought who he was. He had a revelation through blood, through, through the power of Jesus Christ. That, hey, this is someone else. This is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. This is him in, in front of my eyes. He gave Peter and the disciples um, power to bind things and the power to loose things. How many want that kind of power today? I desire to have power to lay hands on somebody and they're healed. I desire to have power to hit my knees and, and allow something to happen in my life and, and let the Lord work and move and mold and shape me how he wants me to be. And Can I tell you today, church, that you fit in? Can I tell you? You fit in here. You fit in. Some Some may feel like you know, where where's my place? It's, it's here. Where's my place? It's here at an altar. Where's my place? It's here at an altar at your house, at your home. Where's my place? It's, it's, it's there in your, in your car and as, you, as you're driving down the road to your work, to your job. That's, that's where you need to be at. God has specifically put you in places for this time, for a special time. But the first step to fitting in is having faith and belief in who your creator is. Peter had faith and belief in who his creator was, the one that is, is putting the pieces back together, the one that is taking all things wrong and making them right again, Jesus Christ. How I many are glad he can turn your situation upside down? How I many are glad that when we come in contact with a certain trial or a test, Brother Timmy, we, can, we can pray to him and an outcome, can something good can come from that? He takes all that's wrong and he makes it right. Don't ever think that you're too incapable or too insignificant to fit into the body of Christ. The Bible says there's there's fit fitly fitly we're joined together. Everyone plays a certain role in this place tonight. If you have your Bibles go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. First Samuel I told told you we're, we're going to jump around here for a little bit. First Samuel chapter 16 verses 7 through 13 we're going to read. We're going to talk a little bit about David. It says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. I'm so glad he has looked on my heart. I'm so glad, you know, we don't have to go to a human and, and confess our faults, but I can come to the master, the one who is molded into the, potter, the potter's hand tonight. Then G- Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel and said, neither hath the Lord chosen this. This is where we're talking about David being anointed, being chosen by Samuel for kingship. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. He didn't choose Abinadab. Verse 9 goes on, Then Jesse made Shama to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Verse 10 says, Again Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel, and Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. Verse 11 says, And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? He said, Jesse, are these all the all the all the boys that you have? Because they they don't fit the bill. <laughs> they don't fit it. They're not they're not fitted for this. And he said, "There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep." And Samuel said unto Jesse, "Send them fetch him, for we will not sit down until he cometh it hither." They said, "We're not going to wait. We're we're hurry up and do this thing because there's somebody here that's fitted for the kingdom of God." There's someone in, in here that has, has a purpose, has a destiny, and, and, and something's about to happen. I'm not going to wait. I'm not gonna, we're not going to sit down. We're standing up, and you go get him, and we'll, we're going to be right here when you come back. And he, and he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. From the human viewpoint, David didn't fit the criteria for the king, for kingship. To the human eye, David didn't look the part. He wasn't someone that you would have thought would, would be a king. David was just a shepherd boy, and they didn't even include him in the lineup when the rest of his brothers stood there. And when Samuel had come to anoint a king, they didn't include him in the, in the in the group of the boys. Little little did his brothers know that David had to be behind the scenes talking to the Lord as he looks after those sheep. I can envision day after day walking through the pastures. David's mind was stayed on the Lord as he's walking and guiding the sheep, taking the rod and and guiding them and and showing the path, the path to take, the Lord was talking to him, and, and he was conversing with David, and David was just meditating on how many, How many have ever done that at work, or, or as you're walking, or taking a shower, or whatever you're doing, washing the dishes, doing the laundry, you're just meditating on the Lord, and the Lord just speaks to you. The Lord, the Lord just speaks to you. That's how you know you're in tune with God. Let me tell you something. That's how you know you're in tune with God. Little did he know that, that David had something going on behind the scenes as his brothers was doing something else. I can see as he's feeding the sheep, the Lord preparing him and, and getting him ready for this moment of Samuel anointing him to be king. If we are ever going to see the things that God has promised us, it's going to have to take some work from behind the scenes, church. It's going to have to take some time outside of human eyes and the human element and, and get down in a closed area and, and, and by ourselves and, and get one with God and get real with God. And say, Lord, use me how you want to use me. Let me fit into this. Wherever I got to be, wherever I can fit in, wherever I can squeeze myself into spiritually, let me be in that place. Let me fill the gap. Let me fill the gap tonight. It's going to take some effort when no one's watching or looking. You know, you can, you can play the part when everyone's looking at you. You know, you can, you can preach a good message, but are you doing the work of God outside the pulpit? You know, that's harsh to say. You know, you can you can teach a Sunday school, but are you out, outside, you know, smoking and drinking and, and doing all you're big enough to do, but then you come into the house of God and try to act like something you're not. You know, we gotta understand that the the will of God is important tonight. The will of God is is in, in dire need tonight. The Lord needs you and He needs me in this moment tonight. Jesse had not even included David with his brothers. How would that how would that make you feel, brother Carl, if it took all your brothers and your sister, Ruby, I won't exclude her. <laughs> you know, we you, they lay y'all, they 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 put Ken out there, they put John out there, and they they put Ruby out there, and you're like, man, what's going on here? I don't see any of them walking around the house, I don't see any of them. Doing any other work around the house, outside, outside, anywhere, where is everybody? And then and then Jesse comes and say, Come on, come on, boy. We got something, we got someone wants to see you. Come in the house. Someone wants to see you. Now, how would you feel? I would feel excluded. I would feel hurt. I would feel, man, does anybody love me in my family? You know? You know? Your family and friends may, may may look at you and say, How did they deserve such a blessing? Or how did they get so lucky to have this or, how, or, or that? Or how did, how did this happen for them? It's, it's because you were behind the scenes praying and getting ready, to, getting fitted for what was about to happen. You know, there's a lot of times that we look at people and say, well, why, why is the Lord blessing them? Maybe it's because they're doing something you're not doing. Maybe it's because they're in behind closed doors when no one else is watching Brother Jason and they're hitting their knees and saying, Lord, I need a touch. Lord, I need something to move in my life. I need you to take something out of my life that's hindering me. I got to move forward. I got to progress somehow, some way. Lord, change me, mold me, fit me in your plan somewhere, some way, somehow. We're going to go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. me tell you something, the Lord used David to fulfill his plan. The Lord will use you to fulfill his plan. I don't care what your background is. I don't care who you, who your family is. I don't care what kind of job you have, what kind of social status you have tonight, but the God, the God of all creation will use you for his perfect will and his plan for this church. If we just make ourselves available there's so many things that cause us in life to be unavailable for God. There's so many things that, that, that keep our attention, Brother Jacob, and, and holding and put it in, in, in the grasp and, and keep us from doing the, the will of God in our life. I don't want to be distracted by the things of this, of this life. How often do we feel as though we are the least likely to be picked, but God has chosen you and I time and time again? Let me tell you something. You're not an underdog today. You're not an underdog today. There's plenty of underdogs that get the job done. That's why they're called an underdog is because they, they can, they can, they're, they're, the enemy is betted against them. Say, so you can't do it. You can't make it out of this trial and test. But, but you can through God, through God's plan and his purpose for you in your life. John 14, 1 through 4 states, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God; believe in also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Let me tell you something. God's not going to lie to you and me today. He's going he's to tell the truth. He's not going to lie to fulfill His plan. His plan is, is full of truth tonight. I go to a place. Uh, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye you know, and the way, ye you know. What does that last part mean? You know the way is basically what he's saying. You know how to get there. You know how to make heaven your home, Sister Peg. We know we have to be filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in his name, and spoken with other tongues as the God gives utterance. And so we, we, we know that today. We know what it takes to make heaven our home. I want to be where the Lord is today, church. How many want to be where the Lord is today? I want to be where his presence is. I want to be around his presence. But most of all, I want to be in his presence. Jesus, had, uh, Just as David took the ark of the Lord from the house of Obed-Edom, David knew where the power was at, Brother Paul, where the ark of the Lord was at. He knew it was in Obed-Edom's house, and he knew what it was doing to his family. It was, it was progressing his family, he was raising his family up, it was blessing his family because it was in his house, it was in the midst. The presence of God was at in Obed-edom's house and he knew what was coming from that. He knew the source. And so what did he do when we read scripture? What did we what did he do? He took the ark of the Lord and put it in his house. Put it in his place. And he said, you know what? I wanna I want what the Lord has for me and I'm gonna take it. And so he knew where God's presence was. He had to he had to have it close to him, and so, that, so he had to take it from Obedee. Sometimes we just have to take it. Sometimes we just have to get to the nitty-gritty and say, Lord, I'm going to take what's mine. I'm going to take what's mine. You've, you've there's Throughout this word, I can't name all of them, but there's so many promises in this book that the Lord has promised you and I. We need to start claiming those in our life. We need to start saying, you know what, Lord, whatever you put in your word, I want that. It's for me. We need to take it. You're either going to fit in With heaven, church, or you're going to fit in with hell tonight. I want to be identified with Christ today. I have to make heaven my home. We all have a destination. Some people may say, well, this life is all there is. No, it's not all there is. There is a final destination for you and I today. Wherever you spend eternity at, that's your choice to make. I want to make my eternity in heaven. I want, to, I want to be where God is. I want to be where the Lord is. I want to be like David. I want to say, Lord, I want to be where you're at one of these days. I want to be where the Shekinah glory is at. Get in where you fit in, church, while there is time. Time is slipping away. I look at so many things in this world. I'm like, how in the world does the government allow this to happen? How in the world does society allow this to happen? How in the world, as, as the American people, as, as, as human beings, we allow these things to go on? Through our, through our culture, through, through the social media, through, through things that we see on a daily basis? How do we allow as a group of people this to happen? Let me tell you something. It's not going to get any better. The word of the Lord proclaims that it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to get hard. And that's what the Lord was showing to me the other day when I was praying up here at this altar. He was saying, you know what? There's some things that's going to happen that's, that's, that's going to be out of your realm that you're not going to be able to handle. And where will you go? If you aren't fitted in to the body, where are you going to go when when it when it all starts crumbling apart? I'm going to go to the rock. I'm going to go to the salvation. My salvation. What is what is my salvation? It's Jesus Christ tonight. It's the one who has fitted fitted me perfectly in His plan as a chess piece to save some lost soul tonight. Let me tell you something, church. It's all about souls. It's the mission. It's, it's 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 what we're meant to do tonight is save souls, help save souls. We got to have a burden for for the for the body of believers tonight. And I'm in, in closing. It's maybe a short message, but I believe the Lord really talked to me through this. You know, where do I fit in? Some of you may be asking a question. And I you know, what am I? I'm just sitting in a a a seat in the congregation, but do I fit in? Let me tell you something. David thought he was just a shepherd boy. David thought he was just supposed to tend sheep, but yet he did little did he know that he was gonna defeat the Philistines and and be a a great king. Little did he know that he was going to play a part, a major role in God's movement and in God's kingdom. Let me tell you something. If you just make yourself available tonight. God will use you. If you just step in and step up and say, you know what, let me get away from all the shyness. Let me get all away from all the backwardness of my own emotions. And let me get out there and branch out and talk to somebody about God and, and get in and, and get in this thing and stay in this thing. God will use you. This world is headed in a downward spiral church. I don't mean to be a, Bear bad news or Debbie Downer, <laughs> but my wife's always like, "Man, you just look at the glass half empty, don't you?" Like, no, I I just see how it is sometimes. You know, we got to understand where we're at today. Right. You, we're in trying times. We're in hard times. Yeah. Talked to a young man last week where he was saying we're hard on money, and I was thinking I'm hard on money. You know, it's it's hard being a young man trying to pave your own way and. And serve God. It, 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 this life is hard. And we see so many loss in the church. Brother Kenny has passed away and, and certain things like brother, sister Caleb and Laney going through what they're going through. And we, we look at loss and we say, why is this happening? Why, why is this happening? Let me tell you something. God, sometimes, sometimes the things he can't do, the things he won't do will prove what he can do. Let me tell you something, there's, there's tons of people in this church that I could pass the mic around and, and they can share how much they've lost, and I tell you what, they can, they can tell you how much they've gained, and it's twice, three times, five times, ten times more than what they've lost. The Lord will replenish what has been lost tonight, church. If you feel down and out, there's hope for you tonight. There's a healer, there's a way maker in the house tonight. In the, in, in the downward spiral, we need to find where we fit. We need to find where we fit in at. In Daniel chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, some of you can turn to to, uh, Daniel chapter 5. I'm almost done jumping around. I'm sorry, I'm kind of scatterbrained. Even in my regular life, not just with reading the Word or trying to come up with a message, I'm scatterbrained in general. So... Daniel chapter 5, and I'm going to skip around in these in this chapter. I want you guys to go home and read this chapter because it's a, good, it's a good chapter about Belshazzar and what happened to Belshazzar. It says verse 5, or chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Belshazzar the king, made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, while He tasted the wine. Commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels, which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his priests or his princes, his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes, his wives. And his concubines drank them, and they drank wine and raised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, and wood, and of stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over the, against the candlestick upon the, pla, uh, the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed. How I many of you know when you know something's of God, your countenance changes? When the Lord's talking to you, you know something. This is God. Even the, even the sinner understands that tonight. Even the one that's bound by drugs and alcohol and all this other stuff, they know when God's talking to them. And his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loose and his knees were smote one against another. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. So whoever can decipher this message, we're going to give him a purple robe and put some some gold necklaces on him. We're going to deck him out. We're going to make him look good, make him look nice. I'm going to give you something for this. Verse 12, skip forward. Verse 12, they were, they were, they were searching for somebody who can, who can read this, this, this message on the wall that was written by hand. I would be freaked out if I saw a hand writing on the wall. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just like Belshazzar. I'd be like, oh, man, what, what in the world is going on? This can't be the wine I'm drinking. But let me tell you something. It says, verse 12 says, For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding interpretate interpreting of dreams And showing of the hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. So someone spoke up and said, we know a man, his name's Daniel. Get Daniel in here, and he'll he'll interpret this dream. Go on to the verse 22. It says, and now his son, O Belshazzar. This is Daniel talking here. This is Daniel speaking it says, hast thou humbled thine heart? Thou knewest all this. If you were just humble, you would know what's going on. You would know why, 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 why this hand is writing on the wall. You would know what you've done. But hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of Heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee. Thou and thy lords, thy wives and thy concubines have drunk in them. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we don't need to touch what the Lord's is tonight. Sometimes we need to let the Lord do what he can do. Sometimes we need to get out of the way and let God work. And thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold of brass, iron, wood, and the stone which see not, not, nor hear, nor know. And the God in in whose whose hand thy breath is, and whose all thy ways hast thou not glorified. Verse 24 says, Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the writing that was written. Mini mini tikel you This is the interpretation of, of the thing. Meaning, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekel. Thou art weighed in the balances and, found, and art found wanting. Perez. Thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Verse 29 says Then commanded Belshazzar, they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. And that night, Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, was slain. And that same night, Brother Carl, he was slain, he was killed. And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about three score and and two years old. We read in Daniel five that Belshazzar, the king of the Babylonians, had a great feast, and in the feast Belshazzar commanded that the gold and silver vessels be brought out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, so that him and his guests could drink wine out of them. Let me tell you something: there's don't ever taint what the Lord's given you. The special abilities, the the, the, way you, the way you pray or the, the calling on your life that God's given you, don't throw that to the ditch. Don't throw that because somebody else is wanting that. Somebody else is desiring to be used the way that, that you're being used. Yeah. In the same hour, the fingers of the man's hand wrote on the wall, many, many, tickle you farce, and the Daniel uh, interprets the writing on the wall, as God has numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. And thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Church, it's not time to take the things of God for granted tonight. Amen. It's not time to take where we're at, where we're sitting at tonight, these four walls, and take it for granted. Take it as not, as something that's, you know, I can come whenever I want to, and whenever I feel like it. I got laundry and dishes to do tonight, and I'll just pass on church on a Tuesday night. No, we got to be here. We gotta be in God's presence. If you if you love God, you're gonna want to be where He is tonight. Daniel interprets the writing on the wall. Thou art weighed in the bounces and art found wanting. This world has its numbers, its, its days numbered. Church, when we look at the world, it has its days numbered. It's being weighed and found wanting. How many ever come in contact with someone outside the church, and they start, you know, just overloading you with their problems and their situation and, and you can tell they're, they're wanting Brother Jason they want some things changed in their life they want some things done different they want another deck of cards that's dealt out to them because the one that they have in their hand right now is, is, is not a very good thing this world is, 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 has been weighed and has found wanting and everything in this world is going to crumble just as the rule of Belshazzar crumbled Just as the rule of Belshazzar, he he took advantage of what God had had given him. He took advantage of it. He took those 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 pieces of silver and gold and used them as wine to drink wine from. And he and he destroyed his legacy, he destroyed his ruling, he destroyed his kingship. Get in where you fit in, church. Stay connected to the church. Stay on the true vine. Everyone has free will today. I remember a couple of weeks ago last week when Brother Paul said, we have free will. Why do people you know, say, why does this happen to me? Why has certain things happen to people in our life? It's because we have free will. God allows people to do whatever they want to do to a certain degree. See, it's easy to fit into the world because they accept everything that we do. They accept everything that... That sin has the offer. They accept everything that your, your, incarn, your incarnality has to offer. They accept what your flesh has to offer. It's easy to fit into the world because of that. But God is calling each and every one of us to fit in into a higher purpose and a greater plan. Get in where you fit in, church. You fit into God's plan. You fit into a higher purpose, a higher calling tonight. Belshazzar, I'm going to end on this note. Belshazzar said, you know what, I don't think I like the way this fits anymore. I don't think I like the way this, the church is doing this. I don't think to li- I like the way this person's preaching this way. I don't think to li- I like the way you know, the, the church is going in this manner. Well, it's not up to you how you like it. It's how God at likes it. Let me tell you something. Get in where you fit in, church. You fit in with the church. Fit in in God's plan and see where he's going to take you tonight. Let me try, he said, let me try something else. Bring the golden vessels. Bring the silver vessels. Let me try something else because this ain't doing it for me. When you're in a rocky situation, you're in a rocky situation where the the glory of the Lord is in your life and you're blinded by your own scheme and you're blinded by your own plan and you're blinded by your own uh, demise. We must be very careful what we try to fit in today, church. Don't fit into something that you're not. Don't, don't dress up like a golfer if you ain't a good golfer. Don't buy a phone that's going to freeze up on you. Let me tell you something. Don't come to church if you're just going to sit there. Don't come to church if you're just going to sit there and complain. You might as well be out in the world doing as, as much as you can do. Let me tell you something. Come into these four walls and and give God your all. Give God your everything because he's looking at you. He wants to trust. Can I trust you with the silver? Can I trust you with the golden vessels? Can I trust you with, with what I've given you? Don't end up like a Belshazzar. Get in where you fit in tonight, church. I love this church tonight.